0: Hey, Dixon from Love Thy Nerd, uh, back with you for another Bible Thump, and I hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you just got some rest, maybe a little bit of time off work. I hope you're doing well. But it's that time of year when we can start saying happy holidays, right? And um, hopefully, I think this is the time at least we think about some things that we're grateful for. Um, So one thing I'm grateful for is you. Um, So I want to read a passage from Mark's Gospel that kind of, in a way, even though it's not It's towards the tail end of Jesus' life rather than the beginning. I think it does sort of tie into Advent. Um, This is the time of year we start thinking about Advent, uh, this time of waiting for the coming of the Lord, the waiting for the coming of the King, waiting for God's kingdom to come from heaven to earth and begin invading our space and making it new and renewing it and bringing renewal to our difficult and broken lives and broken world. Um, So let's read. This is a weird passage that um, I think is difficult for a lot of us to understand, but um, I think there's a lot of hope in it. And I think it teaches us how to wait for the fullness of the kingdom of God to invade our world and to invade our lives. All right, Mark chapter 13, starting verse one. As he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, look what massive stones, what impressive buildings. Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon the other. All will be thrown down. This is not all that different from what Jesus did earlier when he stepped into the temple and threw over the tables and said you've made uh, this um, house of prayer into a den of robbers. Jesus um, put a stop at least for a time to the operation of the temple as a sign of judgment that one day the temple is not going to be here anymore. In fact, Jesus would say later that he himself is the temple, that he is our means to fellowship and nearness to God. Um, so temple was a big deal in Jesus' followers' day. Uh, in Jesus' day, the temple was the most impressive building for miles and miles to come. It was the center of Jewish life and religion like it was how you connected with God it was a big deal and jesus is saying it's going to be destroyed like and that, i think that's that's a really big deal that was something that would trouble the disciples greatly and so they say what we all say at times in our lives in verse 3 while he was sitting on the mount of olives across from the temple peter james john and andrew asked him privately tell us when will these things happen what will be the sign that these things are about to be accomplished we all have that question of when, like, when is this going to happen? When is, um, like for us lately and during COVID, I think a lot of us have been asking the question of like, when is this going to be over? Like, when is life going to be normal again? For some of us, depending on where you live in the in the country, it maybe it feels somewhat more normal now. For some of you, in places where things are still really restricted, it still doesn't feel very normal at all. But even for those of us where um, we live in spaces where things are getting back to a semblance of normalcy, um, our lives have still been affected in ways that aren't undone by this pandemic. For me, like my livelihood, uh, my income, um, my financial security, um, lots of things have been impacted by this pandemic. Um, There's some good things that have come out of it too, like I've gotten more time with my family, like I'm closer with my kids, I eat breakfast with them every day now because now I work remotely. Um, Lots of things there's some good things that have come out of it too, don't mishear me. But I'm ready. I'm so ready for this to be completely over and to be a th- a, a, a past memory. But I don't really see that end in sight yet, uh, and you probably don't either, and it's frustrating. But yeah, we all have that question of when. When is my suffering going to come to an end? When is when are when are things going to change? Um, if there's this coming destruction of the temple, when is that going to happen? We want to know. That's that's going to be a big change to the daily life of Jesus's followers and of 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 jews in jesus day um if that's really going to happen and people want to know when so verse five jesus told them watch out that no one deceives you many will come in my name saying i am he they will deceive many when you hear of wars and rumors of wars don't be alarmed these things must take place but it is not yet the end for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be earthquakes in various places and famines these are the beginning of birth pangs okay so is jesus talking about the end of the world or is he just talking about the destruction of the temple that's the big debate here and here's what i want to say like i don't know <laughs> like you want the big drew interpretation, what is he talking about? Is he talking about the end of the world? Or is he just talking about the destruction of the temple? we don't really know it's difficult to say, and either way you look at it, i don't think that's the point. I think the point is if you're going through suffering and difficulty, Jesus is calling us to be patient, to be patient in the midst of difficulty, suffering, frustration, confusion. The fact that the temple is going to be destroyed would have caused great confusion to Jesus' followers. They would not have understood it. They would not have got it. They would have thought this is a sign of God's judgment on us that we must be doing something wrong, that God's angry at us. And so here's what Jesus says. Um, Things are going to get bad. They're going to get worse. Um, There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be persecuted for your faith in me. Like, your faith in me is also going to be a source of trouble and confusion and difficulty and suffering in your life. Here's what he says in verse 9. But you be on your guard. They will be hand you over to local courts, and they and you will be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them. And as necessary, the gospel be preached to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say, but say whatever is given to you at that time. For it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit Brother will betray brother to death. And a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Okay, so everything Jesus lists here is not all that special. These are not like amazing new signs um, that have not occurred in human in the 2,000 years that preceded Jesus' death and resurrection. There have been... Plenty of wars and plenty of rumors of wars. In fact, they're going on right now. There's not a day when you wake up when there isn't a war somewhere across this globe. It's a really sad reality of the broken world that we live in. Um, Brothers rising up against brothers and children rising up against their parents. Like That's really common in certain parts of the world. In fact, if you profess faith in Jesus and in certain cultures, um, you're supposed to be disowned by your parents. And so, yeah, this isn't all that, Bizarre. This isn't new. This isn't special. Um, These are the kind of things that have happened for a long time. But what's Jesus' point in bringing these things up? So I'm not going to make, I'm not going to fall in the line of whether this is all future, whether it's all like things that have already happened, or whether it's just looking forward to the destruction of the temple, which would happen in AD 70. Um, But what I do want to encourage us to do is be patient no matter what we're going through. Because I think that's the point. Jesus gives us hope that gives us pay, that empowers us to be patient in the midst of frustration and suffering and difficulty. And you may not be facing this level of suffering and persecution and difficulty like Jesus' followers would face immediately after his death. Like these kinds of um, persecutions that he talks about, these are things the people who are—Peter, James, John, Andrew, these guys who are listening to this, they would face exactly these kinds of things. They would be brought for kings and governors, and they would be severely persecuted— beaten within an inch of their lives, questioned, um, mocked, told that they were wrong, right? Um, they went through the ringer, right? And so this isn't out of the realm of the... pot. And by the way, like that's the kind of stuff that happens to plenty of people across the globe. Maybe not you, especially if you live here in America like I do in the United States. Um, you probably don't experience this level of suffering and persecution and difficulty, but you do face suffering and persecution and difficulty on some level, and your suffering, your difficulty, your frustration in life is not small, it's not insignificant, it's not unnoticed by God. And this passage tells us how we can deal with that. Uh, It gives us some hints about how we can be patient in the midst of it. Um, And I think the the answer is found for us in verse 8. Jesus says nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. So all this gnarly stuff is going to happen. And he says these things are the beginning of birth pains. Uh, there's a lot of good news and hope in that little statement. These are the beginning of birth pains. Um, this is something that we're less familiar with now because a lot of us are insulated um, from what birth, giving birth is like. Um, unless you have been pregnant and given birth yourself, or have witnessed it firsthand, um, you don't know how difficult it is, and um, you know it's it's easy to not to miss what's going on there. But it's incredibly painful. It's incredibly difficult. And so Jesus says, all these sufferings and 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 persecutions and and frustrating circumstances are preparation for new life. Um. When, in the moment, when anyone's going through that, it's really difficult to, like, um, and, and I say this, like, as someone, I've witnessed my wife giving birth three times. I've never done it myself. I want to be really clear about that. But as someone who's witnessed my wife giving birth, I can tell it's incredibly difficult. And, um, incredibly difficult. But I think what empowered my wife to press through those pains each time was the hope. That at the end of those birth pains, there would come a beautiful, precious gift from God. A gift of life. Of a child that we wanted and longed for um, and hoped for. That it would all be worth it. So be patient. Your present suffering, according to Jesus, is not the end of the story. It's preparation for renewal and new life. Do you see that? Um, Your present suffering is not the end of the story. And by the way, just because you don't see a point to the suffering you're going through right now doesn't mean there isn't one. Uh, We have very limited perspectives on our current difficulty and suffering. I'm not saying that the ends justify the means. Please don't hear me say that. I don't think that's necessarily the Bible's answer to why we have to suffer in this world. But I do want you to see that just because you don't see a reason for the suffering you're going through doesn't mean God doesn't have one, and there isn't good that could come out of it. Um, There is good that can come out of all of our suffering, and there was tremendous good that came out of the disciples' suffering who were listening to Jesus say these words. Those guys would suffer greatly, and in their suffering, they would get opportunities to tell people about the hope and new life that's found in Jesus. They would take the gospel to the nations. They would help people who were suffering and hurting and broken and, and beaten down by life to find hope and new life in Jesus as they suffered. Um, so I want to challenge you to think, as you're going through a frustrating, difficult circumstance, what what does God want to do in me and through me in the midst of this? Um, a, a pastor I respect um, once came down with cancer and um, he talked about as he was suffering like pretty serious like it could have gone really badly like the diagnosis was not good and he talked about I don't want to waste my suffering I want God to use my suffering to give people hope and point people to Jesus Um, I hope that encourages you Um, if you're going through a frustrating a really difficult time um, by God's grace maybe that could be your prayer God help me not to waste my suffering, but to use it as a means to love others, serve others, point more people to the hope that's found in Jesus. Um, I think the second thing this passage challenges us to do is to expect it, to expect suffering and difficulty. This is a reality of life in this broken world. We should expect it, and when it comes, um, knowing that it's coming can help us be a bit more patient when it does come, doesn't it? Um, I think so. And then thirdly... um, I think this passage reminds us of a very simple but important truth that we will be rescued. We will be rescued. Verse 13, you will be hated by everyone. I don't like that part. You'll be hated by everyone because of my name, Jesus says. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. God is in the business of resurrection and renewal and rescue. He does not look upon your suffering and difficulty and frustration, and go, nah, I don't really care. I'm not going to help that guy. Um, I see you're going through a really hard time, but mm, you know, whatever. He does not have a nonchalant attitude about your suffering. He does not feel indifference towards your difficulty. Um, he says things like this Jesus, says, my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus wants to take your burdens, your suffering. He wants to unburden you. He wants to help you in the midst of your suffering. And the way he does that is through his promise of new life. Jesus is going to make all things new. What you're going through now, please know it's not the end. It's birth pains. It's preparation for a much better, much more beautiful life. Now and in the age to come. And I say now because hope in Jesus now changes our perspective, doesn't it, on suffering. And it's not to say that Jesus is going to rescue you completely from the suffering you're going through. Right now, he may not. But he can right now rescue you from that suffering in the sense of giving you a new perspective of knowing that's not the end and that God's doing something good in my life whether I see it or not. And that he has a plan for me that, that is worth. That is worth the suffering because he is good. And because he is king. And because he's making all things new. New life is on the horizon for everyone. Everyone who looks to and trusts in Jesus. That is really good news. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.